0: Um, Turn with me if you would to the book of Luke If you would for this morning And uh, I want to read the text to you And then I'll talk to you about the message some this morning Um, Luke the twelfth chapter Luke the twelfth chapter I'm going to begin reading in verse 13. You might say, well, this is an odd verse to start out a text on, but this is one we're going to use today because this is where the, this is where the message came from, this one statement here. It says, in one of says, and one of the company said unto him that is Christ master speak to my brother that he divide his the inheritance with me and here was Jesus answer and he said unto him man who made me a judge or a divider over you and he said unto them take heed and beware of Covishness for a, I'm sorry, for a man's life consists not of the abundance of things which he possesseth. And then he spoke a parable. This is in answer, this parable is in answer to the man's question. He spake a parable unto them saying, The ground of a certain rich man brought forth plentiful. And he thought within himself, saying, What shall I do? Because I have no room where to bestow my my fruits. And he said, This will I do. I will pull down my barns and build greater, and there there will I bestow all my fruits and my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Take thine ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said unto him, Thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. Then who shall these things be which thou hast provided? So is he that layeth up treasure for himself is not rich toward God. Gracious Heavenly Father, I thank you again for the day. Thank you for the blessings of it, Lord. I'm thankful that you've given me the strength to stand up here. Now, just give me the eyesight and the mind that I can preach this message as you gave it to me. And Lord, I just pray in all things that you might be honored and glorified. Lord, I pray that you'll help each one. We pray for Sister Tara, Lord. She's she's going through some things right now, Lord, that, uh, you know, uh, that we hate to see anybody have to go through. Them. And, Lord, I just pray that you'll see fit to go with her and take care of her and, and let them get her straightened out if, that's, if they can do it. Lord, we pray in all things that you might be honored and glorified this morning. For which in Jesus' name I pray, amen. You may be seated. The message that I have today, I've entitled this message, 2020 Road to a Great Failure. 2020 Road to a Great Failure. Now, I want to say some things before I start this message. First of all, I'm not sure I'm going to be able to preach this message in two Two times today, but I'm going to try if I can. But I want, I want to give you a little bit of the details behind this message. I was praying for something that the Lord would give me for the first day, the first Lord's day of the new year. It's, it's a pastor, you know, you might say, well, you just go out of one year right into another. But one thing I've learned over the years, and I know that all of you have heard this before, if you haven't, you're gonna hear it now, that a, a great predictor of the future is to look at the past. And, and for some of you that uh, may not know what that means, what that means is is, is men's past actions are going to predict what his future is going to be like and in other words he's not going to change i heard this morning i got up very early this morning and i turned on the news and i heard this morning that there were uh, 42 countries that have vowed and declared that they're going to do something to irritate Donald Trump, president. Now we know Iran is not doing it right now. And we know that, that, uh, that we struck Iran and killed their main, one of the main military people there. But now there's 41 other countries that have said they're going to do some of the same things in order to irritate our president. Things not going to get any better. Put it that way, you know, we, we may look for things to get better, but they're not going to get any better. Another thing is that there's over 4,000, now listen to this, over 4,000 media personnel who have said they're going to do everything they can to irritate this president this coming year. Four thousand, and let, let me tell you, folks, this is the world that we live in. This is the world we live in. You wonder, well, where did you get this, uh, this um, title from? Well, I was praying about something to the Lord to preach as I do every week, but for some reason, I prayed, I said, Lord, give me the message that you would have me to have for this first Lord's Day of 2020, and I opened my Bible up and opened it right up to Luke 12, and I just happened to read verse 13, verse 13, Which says, and one of, of the company saith unto him, the Lord, Master, speak to my brother that he divide the inheritance with me. And that's what, that's, that came to the conclusion of this morning. This is where we are as people. Where we are as people, we want what we Feel we deserve. And we want it now. And that's, that's this message. This message I'm going to preach today. It's almost three pages long on here. It took me exactly 35 minutes to type it out. That's how quick the Lord gave it to me. 35 minutes. Type out the whole message. And I, I was, I was expecting, I said, well, I'm going to spend two days. Usually I spend two days on getting the messages ready for Sunday. Usually I'll spend all, uh, half a day Tuesday, all the day Wednesday, and all the day Thursday to get the messages ready for Sunday. This one It took me all the thirty-five minutes to type it out. How the Lord gave it to me. So if you you may say, well, you know, hoo-hoo or something like that, I don't know. I'm telling you, folks, this is exactly the way the Lord gave me this message this morning. You know, I, I don't. I prayed before Wednesday night services. I prayed that God would renew my spirit, that God would renew my thoughts, God would renew the things in me that I feel like that I have lost over the last few years. And He did. He did. I never had, I never had any more liberty to preach for a long time than I had Wednesday night. Great liberty. And that's wonderful. Brother Sam asked me one time what did I mean by liberty. And what I mean by liberty is that, that I did not fear what anybody might say about me or say about the message I preached Wednesday night. And you say, well, have you? Yeah, I have before. And I've had to ask forgiveness for that. Because I have before. Because I do know that there is some going-ons behind my back that people are beginning to say they don't necessarily stand for the same truths that I do. That all started back many years ago. And this this is why I titled this message, 2020 Road to a Great Failure. 2020 Road to a Great Failure. This message is based on what I see happening in the world and also in religiosity today. What do I see happening in the world and also in religion today? That's what this message is based on. The parable of the rich fool was given to rebuke the covetous man who asked the Lord to speak to my brother that he divide his inheritance with me. Now let me tell you folks, I know of families that have totally broken up because of inheritance. And I'll talk about that later on this message. But here was a man that coveted his brother's inheritance. He coveted what his brother had. And he wanted the Lord, tell the Lord to share it with them. Now we're quick. We're quick to talk about those Democrats who want to take from the rich and give to the poor. Yet, we ourselves, who are supposed to be generous people, are often not so generous as we should be. The statement made by the covetous man was dissected by the Lord as being under the mask of justice as a greedy individual. Lord, Lord, Lord said if I had you to judge, He said I would judge you as a greedy individual. Lord said, I'm, I'm not your judge and, and I'm not he wasn't his master either. He said, I'm not your judge and, and I'm not your divider. I'm not one to come in and say just because your brother's got more than you have that I'm, I'm come in and have him divide part of that and give to you. He said, i Lord said, I'm not here for that reason. I didn't do that. I'm not here for that reason. This is a parable. To every one of us That we should beware of covetousness and, and what does it mean? You know, we covet a lot of things today We see things, we want to see them again We, we hear things, we want to hear them again we, 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 want to, we want to see them all over again And it just keeps on all over again We won't see see them again We want to see them again We want to see them again We want to see them again This is a parable to those who would covet those things. A lot of people have told me over the years, they said, I remember one time somebody said they went to the Grand Canyon. They said, you should see it. Well, I, when they were explaining it, I thought, well, maybe I should see it. But then I got to thinking, it'll still be there. After I'm gone. Maybe I I'm gonna see I, I'm gonna see greater things than the Grand Grand Canyon. I'm gonna see greater things than Disney World. I'm gonna see greater things than the ocean. Though the ocean is I admire the ocean. But I'm gonna see greater things than the ocean. You know, so why should we covet those things when we're going to see greater things than those things? But yet man still covets those things. I heard of another family. The reason I say that is because I know of one family. I heard of another family which has completely broken up after the passion of their parents And it was all over inheritance. Family is broken completely up. They they live here in this county. The family, the brothers not speaking to sisters, sisters not speaking to brothers, this and that and all over because of inheritance. Same thing. One thought they got more and one thought somebody got more than they did. That's one thing that we did not have to worry about when my dad and mom passed away. My dad passed away. They had $14.67. That's what he had in his pocket. He didn't have no, no money anywhere else. My mom passed away. They had $672. My mom had, after my dad passed away, she had been able to save 600 and she died five years later. She'd been able to save 600 and some dollars. And my sister called me up and she said, uh, do you want to divide that six hundred and some dollars they had in the bank? I said, no. She said, call my brother up. I asked my brother, said, do you want, you want to divide that six hundred and some dollars my dad had, my mom had in the bank? My brother said, no. And my sister told me, she said, the only thing that Paul, the only thing I know to do is just give it to somebody that needs it. And I said, you do that. So we didn't worry about that. But there's, in this day in which we live, there's some who are going to be concerned about that when that day comes. Jesus said, I'm sorry, I got down here. <clears throat> I hear coveting coming out almost daily. People want this, and they want that, and they want it now, and most will do anything to get it. They want it, they want it, and they want it now. And they'll do most anything to get it. You know, I looked at Rhonda's little phone she's got. And I'll pew, pew, throw them through it. And one advertisement right after another. One advertisement right after another. And then I wonder, why is Rhonda always wanting a new dress? Well, I saw She sees a lot of new dresses. She sees a lot of new things. And and I'm going to say this. The devil puts those things out there just for that reason. Devil makes things look pretty. This world looks pretty. The devil makes it look pretty. Jesus said in verse 15 of the text, He said unto them, Take heed and beware of covetousness, for a man's life consisteth not in the abundance of the things which he possesseth. Those things you have, that's not your life. There's nothing wrong in having nice things. There's nothing wrong in, 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 having nice things, but when they become everything about you, then that's wrong. I had a man ask me one time, we were sitting, he just bought him a new vehicle. And I was, I had, I I went and looked at it. And me and him was sitting out on his patio. And he asked me, he looked over at me. He said, you ever love your car? Yeah, he said, "You ever love your car?" I said, "No, not really." He said, "I love mine." He said, "You see that car? I love that car that I just bought. I love it. I think that's too much adoration. I believe that's too much." The man who wanted a part of his brother's inheritance misunderstood the mission of Christ who came to save from sins and not to help in sins. He came to save for sins. This and this. Uh, The cliche comes, this cliche comes to mind. What would Jesus do? What would Jesus do? When you get in a situation where your mind starts rolling about this and that, and you get in a situation, first thing you should say, what would Jesus do in this situation? What would he do? All of us need to ask that question to ourselves the next time we plan To do whatever it is we're planning to do. What would Jesus do today? What would Jesus do? Would Jesus do what I'm about to do? When you start saying that. You're going to realize. A lot of things we do. Jesus wouldn't do. Jesus wouldn't do it. The covetous man. Did not know that. There is a time coming when Jesus would be made both judge and divider over all the earth. He will judge his people and divide to every man according to his or her works. There's a time coming when this man, he'll get whatever's coming to him. Jesus will divide what, what belongs to him and what doesn't. There's a time, there's a time coming when We don't have to be concerned about what we're going to get because we're going to get exactly what God says we deserve. I thank God through the Lord Jesus Christ, I didn't get what I deserved because I deserved to go to hell. Carmen said they went by the little church where I was saved. And I told Carmen, I said, you see those steps that went up that little church? She said, yeah, I said, those are the steps I rode my motorcycle up. I don't know what they were doing over in that part of the country because not many people cared anything about that part of the country. But let me tell you, folks, God's going to give us what we deserve. God's going to give every one of us what we deserve. Every one of us. When we consider this parable, we must consider that the ground of a certain man brought forth plentifully. Verse 16, this man was prospering in the world. There's nothing wrong with prosperity in the world as long as we get it right. As long as we don't shun service to the Lord Jesus Christ and do Him to get it. When we do that, then we, we're wrong. We're wrong in everything. That's what, that's what was wrong with this rich young fool. Everything he just prospered and prospered and went on and prospered and prospered and prospered more and more and more. This rich man was on the highway to worldly wealth and honor. Look at Psalms forty nine, if you would, this be the only time you'll have to turn in this whole message. In Psalms forty nine. And I want to read to you three or four verses here. Psalm 49 and verse 16 says, Be not thou afraid when one is made rich, when the glory of his house is increased. For when he dieth, he shall carry nothing away. His glory shall not descend after him. Though while he liveth, he blessed his soul. And men will praise thee when thou doest well to thyself. He shall go to the generation of his fathers. They shall never see light. Man that is honor and understandeth not is like the beast that perish. All men honor men. Men honor men. Men put men's names on something. That's just like when Becky and Neil built their house out there and they extended Neil Salter Road. Um, Mel Taylor called me up and he said, you know, we're going to extend that road. And he said, we will make another road out of it if you want us to, if you want me to. Said, we'll name it after you. I said, no, don't name it after me. He said, well, we'll name it after your wife. I said, no, don't name it after my wife. I said, just leave it just exactly the way it is. It's Neil Salter Road. And they did. He said, it'd be nice to have a road named after you. I guess it'd be nice to have a, a lot of things named after me, but my name don't carry very far. Man called me up here a while back and he said, I was looking for you. He said, I didn't know there's that many Paul Jacksons in the world. I said, yeah, there's a bunch of them. Let me tell you folks, your name means nothing as far as when it comes to when you Leave this world. A lot of wealthy people have left this world. And what did they do? Just like the psalmist says, they took nothing with them. I'm like what I heard one preacher say one time many years ago. He said, you can't take it with you, but you can sure send it ahead of you. The rich man could do nothing he wanted to do and never could do, could do anything he wanted to do and never have to ask another if he was right or wrong. This is good advice. The day of prosperity is a greater test to a man's character than the day of ad- adversity. What, what tests a man's character more? His wealth or his adversity in life? Let me tell you folks, when the devil gets on you, that's where your character steps up. What, what are you? What are you? When the devil gets on you, what are you? Let me tell you, the devil has drawing power today. He makes all these things look look just as beautiful and nice and all, all right. They're all right. Just like the man told me. He said, don't you think that Jesus would be happy if you would celebrate his birthday? I said, Jesus doesn't care whether I celebrate his birthday or not. And I said, he doesn't care whether you do or not. The devil says, I want you, and he's getting a lot of people today. They're going away from, just like I said in Sunday school, there's people who are scared to death of scriptural Christians. But yet they take on the unspiritual Christian, which is in the world today. The unspiritual Christian is the one that, that, that's, he says, well, I'm a Christian and I go to church, but yet I feel like there's nothing wrong in doing some of the things I do, like drinking, like cursing, like smoking, like going to places I shouldn't go to, like missing church and such and such as this. That's your, that's your Christian today. That's not your spiritual Christian. People are scared to death of a spiritual Christian. I've had people tell me, what would I have have to give up to become a Christian? You know, what do I have to give up? I said, you don't have to give up a thing. I said, Lord, take it away from you. Lord, take it away from you. Whatever hinders you in the Lord's work, He'll take it away from you. I don't care if it's a person or if it's a thing. He'll take it away from you. You may hinder yourself. He'll take it away. He'll take that away. Sometimes He really takes it away. There was an an old preacher... I'm about to finish up here for this morning. There was an old preacher. His last name was Jay. Who now this this preacher really existed? His last name was Jay. Who was given a request for prayer that the congregation pray a man who is prospering in his trade that he would be able to continue to prosper. Now think about this for just a moment. Old Preacher Jay, I, did, I didn't know him, but just, just some people did know him. He, matter of fact, he lived before my day. He was asked, somebody in his congregation said, so-and-so is really prospering right now. Why don't we pray that he would just keep prospering? And here's what Old Preacher Jay told him. Pastor Jay said, if he continues to prosper, he will need prayer more than ever. Listen, to what he said, this was an old Kentucky mountain preacher. Didn't have much sense, like this one right here. He told, he said, if we pray for him now, then We're going to have to pray for him when he gets real rich because he's going to need prayer more then than he does now. Let me tell you a story of a man who had terminal cancer. Some of you have heard this story before. You may remember it. The doctors told him he had only days to live. He called in the elders to pray for him. I was one of those seven elders he called. And they did. We all laid hands on him and prayed for him. The next time I saw him, he was completely free of cancer. He asked me to pray for him more now, for he needed prayer more now than he did then. You know why? You know why? Well, I'll tell you. This is the top of the second page. If I can get it taken apart here. This, this, this was a man who knew the Lord. And he knew that as soon as he was well, he would be doing things he could not do when he was on his deathbed. Just pray for me more now that I'll live closer to the Lord than I was then. You know, we say when we're on a deathbed, that's as close to the Lord we need to be. We'll ever be. No. Uh Uh-uh. You walk around here every day. If you're saved, you're close to the Lord every day. He's he's with you. He's in your heart. He, he, He abodes with you. His abode is with you. Every day, and, and and you'll say, "Well, the more I, the more I've got, the more I can do." and you're gonna to have to pray more, and people are going to have to pray more for you, because you're gonna wind up doing things you shouldn't be doing, because you you're able to do them, you got the money to do them, and you're gonna be doing things you shouldn't be doing. You really are. All right, I'm going to stop right there. Let's all stand, if you would. Come back at 10 after.